When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show, and this is WABC Talk Radio, the number one talk radio station in the United States. I hope everybody had an incredibly wonderful Fourth of July uh, celebration. I am still quite upset that we have this Fox poll. I mentioned this last week, but I have to mention it again, that only 39% of Americans today, only 39%, uh, are proud, very proud to call themselves Americans. Well, what is going on here, folks? We're the greatest country on earth. We're the beacon of freedom. We're the most prosperous country. We're the greatest opportunity society of any country on this planet. We are the least, the least racist country, not the most least racist country uh, uh, on this planet. It's the place where brown people, red people, and white people, and Uh, Everybody wants to come to the United States because people realize this is a place where anyone can get ahead. You can truly pull yourself up by your bootstraps and become rich in this country. It happens every day. And so why is it? Why is it that so many people are ashamed of calling themselves an American? This is the first time probably in our history that that has happened. And what makes me doubly angry and concerned about this is the fact that the young people, people under the age of 30, are most likely to be ashamed to call themselves an American. And (laughs) why is that? Why is that? And I can answer that question. It is because our schools, our rotten schools, are run by people who do not love America and are basically brainwashing and indoctrinating our kids with a hate America message. And I guarantee you that no other major country in the world doesn't do that. Do you think the Brits raised their kids to say Britain was a terrible country? Do you think the Chinese raised their kids uh, thinking that China is a terrible country? And by the way, China has a pretty rotten history, given that Mao killed tens and tens of millions of people. Um, And so I'm very concerned about this. And I want to tell you all, I got a lot of uh, angry emails uh, after the show last week, and deservedly show. Uh, so I'm going to do a mea culpa here, folks, and say I apologize to my listeners because I had promised that I would take your calls last week to discuss this. And I know we had the the board lit up with callers who wanted to discuss this issue, and we just plain ran out of time. My bad, my bad. I w- it was not my producer; it's me. I just ran out of time because I had a great guest on. So I'm going to try to uh, reserve extra time this week to take your calls to discuss what's going on with the economy, but also why this anti-Americanism and why aren't we teaching our kids that this is the greatest country on earth? Because we are, (laughs) we are now look to say that we're the greatest country on earth, which we are and always have been, doesn't mean that we don't have, assorted history we do we're human beings we're not perfect people folks this is not heaven on earth <laughs> we are human beings we are flawed and yes we have terrible things in our past slavery uh you know the jim crow laws segregation laws uh we've done bad things in this country but we've also done some pretty amazing things as well why is it that almost every invention of the 20th century Uh, was invented here in these United States. Why is it, again, that there are millions of people uh, from around the world who want to come here? (laughs) You know, it strikes me as as, uh, 
interesting that when I give speeches around the country, and, and I do talk about the greatness of America uh, because, A, it's true, and B, I don't want this country to be uprooted. I don't want our Constitution to be uprooted. I don't know what, what the laws that and the, and the opportunities that have prevailed in this country, I don't want that to be ended by uh, Joe Biden or any president. But it's so interesting when I talk about the greatness of America, the greatness of free market capitalism, that it is the goose that lays the golden eggs, as my buddy Larry Kudlow likes to say, that uh, free market capitalism is the best path to prosperity, and it clearly is. And a lot of the kids on college campuses, and sometimes I even talk to high school groups and young Americans, they don't really get that because they've never really learned it. They've learned about slavery, you know, and we all did when we were school kids, but that's kind of all they've learned about American history is, is slavery. They've learned about climate change such as it is, but they're not – they don't know much about World War II, World War One. They don't know how many times we bailed out the world that we're, we're the most generous country in the world. Now, look, I'm not trying to sound like the ugly American who says we're, that we're, you know, perfect people because we are not, but it is it is our constitution – our freedoms, our First Amendment rights, which, by the way, are under assault, our free market capitalism system, and our people. And by the way, I think one of the things that makes America great and special is that we are a nation of immigrants, that we are a place that is a true melting pot. And by the way, the left hates that term. <laughs> they hate the term melting pot. They don't want the immigrants who come into this country, they don't want them to integrate, and, 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 and they don't want them to assimilate. But that's what America is about. E pluribus unum is not out of uh, one many. It's out of many one <laughs> that we all become Americans. And, you know, we have high interracial marriage rates now. Indian people who are Asians are marrying people who are Hispanics. Hispanics are marrying whites. Whites are mar marrying blacks. So all these cultural distinctions are eroding because we all become one in a melting pot. Why is that a bad thing? Why is that? That's not to say people shouldn't lose their cultural identity, but it does mean you come to America and you wave the American flag. There's a reason, by the way, when you see, uh, you know, a building or a home that might have many flags, what flag is at the top? What flag waves at the top? It has to be an American flag. I'm extraordinarily angry. When I saw in many cities, including uh, store, stores in New York, where the gay, gay pride flag was being waved above the American flag. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I find that to be unpatriotic to see that kind of nonsense. So I will step off my, my uh, soapbox here and just say I'd love your attitude about it. And by the way, if there are things that you think are wrong in America, we're not a, we're not a perfect country. I want to hear from you. And by the way, if you're also someone who thinks there's a greater country, you know, maybe it's Norway, maybe it's England, maybe it's Germany, what maybe it's uh, Switzerland or Sweden, uh, tell me. Tell me what country is greater than the United States where you have more opportunity, where we're able to meld people from cultures and skin colors from all over the world into one great country. Now, before we take our break, I have a great show lined up today. I want to mention one other thing, which is this crazy. Bidenomics, uh, you know, celebration that's going on, this victory lap that the president is taking on the economy. I don't get it, folks. I really do not understand how Joe Biden can say this economy is performing well. Now, I give it a C minus right now. I mean, the job market is strong. There are nine and a half million job openings, so that's a lot. But people are falling behind. In terms of their incomes over inflation, that's why 70 percent of Americans think the economy is headed in the wrong direction. We've got a debt problem that is severe. The, the siren should be blaring about this issue. Biden is saying in his speeches that he's cut the deficit by $1.7 trillion. Wait a minute. In just the last 12 months, just the last 12 months in a supposed recovery – we now have a national debt that has risen by $2.1 trillion in 12 months. That's one of the worst records ever, ever. Even if you adjust them for inflation, that's one of the worst records ever. 
So how can he say that he's reducing the deficit, that he's a fiscal conservative? We have a spending problem in Washington. We have a growth problem in our economy. We have an inflation problem. We have problems at the border. Those problems need to be fixed. As I said, I'm very pro-immigration. I think we need more legal immigrants to come to this country. Birth rates are falling in the country. But we also need people to come in legally through the right channels and become America. One other quick thing, and then I will take a break. My friend uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who many of you know is running for president, and my organization that I run with Larry Kudlow and Art Laffer and Steve Forbes called the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, we had a dinner up in uh, Manhattan with Vivek. Uh, I think it's Vivek. Someone who was telling me it's – I've always called him Vivek, but then he – I think he corrected me saying it's actually pronounced Vivek. Uh, he was um, talking about ideas that he has, and he said, you um, – he said, we should have a system where only people can vote if they pass a, the citizenship test. That is, everybody should have to pass the citizenship test because most Americans don't know a lot about America. And that's a big problem. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. This is the More Money Show on WABC. Welcome back, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show on WBC Talk Radio. Now I get to my favorite segment of the show when I talk to two of the top financial analysts in the country, and Bob and Ryan Payne. Gentlemen, thanks for joining, as always. Let's get right down to it. What do we make of the jobs report? Uh, the news media is saying it was a little disappointing uh, in terms of expectations, but there was a lot of thought that maybe now the Fed won't raise rates uh, which the, the stock market certainly would like to see a pause in, in rate increases. Uh, Bob, why don't we start with you? You're the old pro. What do you make of uh, of that jobs report? Well, I think it's uh, it's news that'll be welcomed by the Federal Reserve. I, you know, this last pause or skip, whatever they're calling it, might have been their last increase, Steve. I know they're they're trying to let everybody know they're still being diligent and you know observing what's going on. But the unemployment rates at three point six percent. And that's a, that's got to be a record low. Um, and the jobless level, you know, rose a little bit. So I think, you know, it, 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 it's starting to slow down a little bit, I think, enough to keep the Federal Reserve on the sidelines. So we had, uh, Ryan, a, uh, a, a for the first time in a long time, we actually had a, a rise in real wages, which is good news yes. for workers. But sometimes the stock market doesn't like to see <laughs> a rise in wages because they think that might uh, stoke inflation. What do you think about that? I mean, I think it's a modest rise. And I think, you know, the, the idea of a Goldilocks economy is is where you have wages rising you know, just over inflation. And right. that's kind of what you've seen actually for the last couple months. So I, I would argue that's actually probably a good sign. Uh, to your point, right, I mean, one of the bigger problems you have as an employer right now is you've had to raise wages a lot. Uh, but I would argue probably the worst of that is over because it's like I can say this as an employer as well. You had to play catch up, right? All of a sudden, everyone's costs went up astronomically. Everyone wanted a raise. So companies had to give a raise. But so I think, you know, you'll see some more uh, increases in wages, but I think it's going to be more modest moving forward, which means like the the worst is behind us, which should be very good for stock mar or stock margins moving forward going into uh, the end of this year and next year. Yeah, it would seem to me as an economist that, you know, wages have to rise because you have, according to the latest Labor Department survey, you've got something like nine and a half million job openings and you've only got about five million Americans looking for jobs, which means that <laughs> the, the way that these employers are going to have to get people back on the job is to pay them more as the old law of supply and demand, right? And so uh, I would expect wages to be rising and if that modest pace that you're talking about ryan yeah and i think that's the bottom line is we do have a labor shortage in this country and um, this is where most economists not you steve and i got it wrong um was they really felt like this employment uh, you know was going to start to sky unemployment was going to start to skyrocket labor market was going to fall off a cliff and it's just impossible with so many baby boomers retiring like two million a year um you know it's a smaller labor pool which is going to keep labor strong wages strong and that's good for driving the economy over the course of the next couple of quarters. So we're optimistic on the fact that wages should stay strong. They're not going to fall off a cliff. 
So, Bob, I wanted to ask you about what's going on with construction and manufacturing. Um, The Wall Street Journal had a piece this week talking about a factory boom, uh, and yet uh, it does look like, you know, the employment in manufacturing and construction is up, but that there's been kind of a a weakness in terms of um, the the, uh, spending and the investment in manufacturing and construction. So how do you see that industry emerging? Well, I think that's kind of in the conundrum. Um, When you look at the employment numbers, you saw the construction workers were actually, you know, the numbers were up. Um, And a lot of times I know our listeners are thinking, you know, construction where they're thinking about building homes and, you know, the the housing industry had really slowed down. But what was really happening is that they are building facilities, Steve. And and I think that that's going to be a big tailwind, you know, for our economy because we have a lot of a lot of money has been allocated and appropriated for, you know, building new factories, you know, both here and abroad. And I think that you're going to see, you know, a lot of onshoring and nearshoring going on. Because I think most of the companies learned during the COVID that just-in-time inventory was a problem. Now they want to go to just-in-case inventory, <laughs> right, to make sure that there's, you know, stuff available so they can build right. things, right? And uh, I think that's really what's going on right now. So you think that the supply chain problems are past us now, or do you see, still see some choke points? I think there's still some choke points. I think there's, a, you know, a lot of problems with China. People want to move out of there. Um, and they want to start to move things either in Mexico or the U.S. or, or to the rest of Europe. You're seeing a lot of contracts being signed, a lot of announcements being made. Um, and I just think that's that's going to be good for the economy. I think that's what the market's looking at. You know, you look at the S&P at the end of uh, the first half of the year, it was up 17%, right? The markets are forward-looking. They're seeing good news, which we don't yeah. see necessarily see in the headlines just yet. So, Ryan, we've just got a couple of minutes left. Uh, you've been bullish and correctly bullish this year. We've been seeing nice gains really almost across the board with the S&P and, and obviously with uh, the NASDAQ. Um, do you expect to see those kinds of returns over the, the second half of this year? Yeah, I think the problem is a lot of people miss that rally, Steve. You know, they're yeah, not right. listening to our show here diligently. They weren't yeah. hearing Bob and I just, uh, you know, sounding the alarm on uh, on the opportunity. So, you know, there's still something like $2 trillion on the sidelines in, in retail money and institutions have something like $3 trillion on the sidelines. So there's a lot of catch-up that's going to have to happen. And, you know, if you look at earnings, they kind of troughed last quarter. They're going to start to grow again going into next year. So earnings should come in, uh, if not just positive, better than expected because supply chains are starting to normalize. You know, wages are starting to normalize. So margins are going to start to expand. Um, but I would mention one thing. You know, if you look at the S&P 500, seven uh-huh. stocks make up almost 30% of the entire index now, seven mega cap which, stocks. Which stocks are those? Um, they're just your big names like Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, right. Alphabet, NVIDIA, Tesla, Meta, Got name it. all seven. Um, so the, tech and, sec- you know, the tech sector stocks. The tech sector, right? And I always say the yeah. S&P 500 is a tech fund and drag. In fact, you could call it the mega cap seven index as opposed to the S&P 500. Right. So I would recommend broadening out your exposure. And we saw that last right. month. Uh, consumer discretionary was up 12%. Industrials, materials were up double digits. Energy, financial right. started to do really well also. So the rally's broadening out. There's a lot of cheaper sectors out there than technology. Be smart and diversify your money here. Don't concentrate it. Well, that is great advice. And you're right. You know, we saw the big well, we saw the big meltdown in tech last year and then this big rebound this year in those seven uh, companies. By the way, I did buy NVIDIA about nine months ago, so I'm feeling very smart these days. Dinner on you, Steve. Uh-huh. Dinner on you. <laughs> Every once in a while, even even a blind squirrel finds an acorn, right? <laughs> but, uh, so true. Guys, uh, thanks so much for your uh, pressing analysis. Uh, Ryan and Bob Payne, two of the best bis- in the business, and before we take our break, Remind people how they can get the free consultation. Hey, if you're thinking to yourself right now, okay, we get it. The world is not going to end. Uh, it doesn't end very often, actually. Well, here's your shot to get your retirement up to speed. If you saved over a million dollars for your retirement, Bob and I will run for you our now famous total financial master plan at our firm, Payne Capital Management, and we'll do that with no obligation or cost. There's no other firm out there that will do this legwork up front. We literally are going to go build you your own personalized financial portal. We're going to give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life and just hone in on every issue you need to address today for retirement. Do you have an income plan for retirement? 
How do you draw from your portfolio in the best way? How do you take Social Security? How do you factor in inflation? Your costs are going to double over the next 20 years because cost of living is going higher. We'll put together a full dynamic income plan to make sure you don't run out of money. We're going to look at diversification. Markets have been extremely volatile. They were up big, down big, down big, up big. Has your portfolio been like a yo-yo? It's extremely volatile. Or have you been sitting with money and cash, trying to figure out what to do, paralysis by analysis? We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your wealth, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street just loves to sell you those high-cost, tax-inefficient products like annuities, mutual funds, insurance products, brokerage products. Bob and I will do a deep dive of every investment you own. We're going to show you where all the hidden costs are in your investments, show you how to reduce that cost and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make. It's what you take. You'll get our full tax playbook. We literally keep 10 slots open if you saved over a million dollars and you call or text right now. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PL. A-N-N-Y-C. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over a million dollars for retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation and there's no cost, so no strings attached, but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call right now, 844-752-6692, 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844 844- Plan NYC. That's eight four four P L A N N Y C. So Bob, you know at our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P A Y N E, uh, with offices here in New York, uh, Philadelphia, and Jacksonville. You know, over our collective seventy five years, we get a lot of questions from our clients, and I know our listeners have a lot of the same questions. Just a lot about pressing issues that are happening right now that we're thinking about when it comes to our retirement plan, comes to building our portfolio. And some of the bigger questions that we're getting at the moment are, you know, inflation is relatively high, you know, based on where it was the last 10 years. Do I need to be making changes in my portfolio? Do I need to think about things differently? Well, you know, Rye, I think that um, markets are always changing, right? The only thing constant when it comes to the financial markets or to your portfolio is change. It's constant. And inflation, you know, which is run at below average, you know, for the last 40 years, is now running way above average. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I think, you know, right now we talk about this all the time, but if you're sitting with money at the bank, they're probably giving you no interest because it's not in their best interest to give you a higher interest rate. So, you know, you can get something like 4.7% on a treasury money market fund, or you can lock into a one-year, two-year treasury at 5%. Meanwhile, the banks are paying nothing. So I think the first thing you have to look at is, for my working capital or money or cash I have sitting around, am I getting the best interest rate? If you're not, you've got a couple hundred thousand dollars and it's earning nothing. It could be earning four or five percent. That's real money in your pocket for you literally to, to have it you know, in a different type of account. You've got to take advantage of that. Yeah, that's significant, right? Significant higher interest rates are available in U.S. government treasury bonds, treasury bills. You know, it can be short term one day up to you know, 30 years. So you can pick your maturities or you can pick a money market fund. It's all treasuries. The banks are not working for you, right? They're, they're making sure that they can take and lend that money and borrow that money from you at the lowest rate, sometimes as low as 0% and then lend it out in a six, seven, 8% mortgage. So they're, you know, they're not, they're not looking to pay you a lot on, on your, your cash right now, but you know, cash is trash, right? Long-term, it doesn't work out that well. You want to make sure that you invest some of that money. And I think the best thing to do is invest in bonds that generate tax-free income. Yeah. If you're in a high tax bracket right now, um, tax-free yields are very, very attractive. And I think this is a mistake that we see a lot of you making when it comes to your retirement plan. It's like, you know what? The world's uncertain right now. I'm just going to park all my money at 5% in a uh, one-year, two-year treasury. That sounds really smart, but you've got a lot of problems with that, especially for money that you're using for retirement. Number one, you have what we call reinvestment risk. Just because you're getting that rate today, a year from now, two years from now, interest rates could be lower. So all of a sudden, that 5% you locked into could be something like 3%. Meanwhile, your retirement is going to last you 20 years plus. So, you know, it is important to start thinking about maybe locking into a longer-term bond portfolio. 
you know, also investing in the market for the long term should give you a better return than that 5% that you're going to get for one year in a treasury or, treasury or a CD or something like that. So you, you don't want to be dollar-wise, as they say here, uh, dollar-wise, penny-wise, dollar-foolish, as they say. I'm totally saying that wrong here. Um, you know, when it comes to your money, you got to think about the long game. The long game isn't putting all your money into short-term paper, paying a high yield. It might not last. Well, that's the thing. That's why I make it so confusing for investors. The way they want to invest in stocks, bonds, treasuries, municipal bonds, you know, in the bank, in an insurance company, with a financial advisor, at a brokerage firm. You know, there's so many different options, right? But the first thing I think we really have to focus on, it's all about risk. And the biggest risk every one of you have is the inflation of your expenses, right? The cost of living goes up. Whether we're running at lower inflation or higher inflation, it always goes up. And the biggest risk you have is running out of money. And that's why you've got to run analysis to see if the way you're invested is going to grow net of inflation. Because you know what the biggest bummer in life is, right? Running out of money. Yeah, that is a big bummer, Bob. And, and it's a great point because it's not just about having an income plan. It's about having a dynamic income plan, right? Because just because you need, let's say, $100,000 today to live off of, well, over the next 20 years, you're going to need $200,000 because of inflation. So it's not just about having income coming in today, but is your income accounting for cost of living adjustments? And that's why you want to have a diversified portfolio because stock dividends increase over time. It's almost like giving you a little bit of a pay raise as you go along. Meanwhile, if you buy one of those annuities, guaranteed income for life, the problem is that amount of money in that annuity doesn't change over your lifetime. Meanwhile, your expenses are going up. That could be a big problem, Bob, and most of us are not solving for that. No, that, that's the biggest issue that I see, Rye, because now you have, well, as you mentioned, rates are very attractive on the short end. You don't want to have all your money invested in a one-year, two-year treasury because when that money comes due, good chances are it might go back to where it was, which was basically zero. Um, you can't live on zero return. Best hedge against inflation in history has been the equity market. But you don't want to have all your money in equities because it's volatile, right? Stocks are volatile, and I don't care how brave you are, how you know how smart you are, you you can't handle that type of volatility. You want to be sure that you know you're diversified enough so that you can stay comfortable and have a high probability of success. And you know, I'll tell you, buddy, after all these years of working in the financial services industry, I just found that ninety percent of every investor takes more risk than necessary. So it's really about having a low risk, high probability rate of return that allows you to sleep at night. It really is it's right the right amount of risk for you. And the only way to determine that is to run retirement projections to figure out what return you need. You have to reverse engineer it. And you're thinking to yourself right now, like, this is what I need. I've got to figure out the right balance, the unique balance that I need for my portfolio. Well, here's your shot to do it. We still have literally four slots open. If you saved over a million dollars for your retirement over the show, Bob and I will run for you our total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We literally look at everything. There's no other firm out there that will do this work up front at no cost. We literally build you your own personalized financial portal. We're going to give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial picture, and we're just going to hone in on all those major issues you need to address for retirement, whether it's an income plan. How do you draw from your portfolio? How do you take Social Security? There's a lot of ways to take it. One right way for you. How do you factor in inflation is going higher? You're going to need more income over the rest of your life. We're going to put together a full dynamic income plan so you don't run out of money over your retirement. We're going to look at diversification. Markets have been extremely volatile, unpredictable. Has your portfolio been the same way? Or have you been sitting in cash? Paralysis by analysis because you don't know what to do. We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life so you don't run out of money. And we're going to look at diversification. Wall Street just loves to sell you those high-cost, tax-inefficient products, whether it's an annuity, a mutual fund, brokerage product, insurance product. We're going to do a deep dive of every investment you own, show you where all the hidden costs are, show you how to reduce those costs, and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make. It's what you take. You're going to get our full tax playbook. We have four slots left if you saved over a million dollars for your retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. 
NYC. If you're one of our next four callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no cost, no obligation. No other firm will do this for you, but you can't miss out. you got to be one of our next four, four callers by calling 844-752-6692. That's 844 844- 752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, if you want to learn more about myself and Bob and our fantastic firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, simply go to bebullish.com, bebullish.com. You can get more of our content, more about our firm there. But stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Hi, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show on WBC Talk Radio. By the way, I will be, I promise, 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 I will be taking your calls uh, in about 10, 15 minutes uh, because I do want to hear your thoughts about Bidenomics and also uh, my uh, fuming about the fact that there seems to be a decline in patriotism in this country and what we have to do to bring it back. So I'd love to hear from you all. Uh, that number again for the more money hotline and please jot this down. I'd love to hear new callers. I'm going to ask the, uh, the producer to take new callers because we have a lot of really great regular callers, but I want to hear from, from new folks. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222 or 1-800-848-WABC. But until we get to that, before we get to that, I want to uh, bring on as my guest, and I'm really excited about this, Anthony Esposito, uh, who is um, one of the top economic minds in this country, folks. He's one of the top uh, economists on Wall Street. He is the director of U.S. equities at Scotia Bank. Uh, Anthony, thanks so much for joining. Stephen, thank you so much for having me. So uh, let me just start with this. With a name like Anthony Esposito, you must be, what, 100% Italian? Uh, every bit of it, every bit of it, hundred percent Italian, <laughs> well, hundred percent born and bred in New York city. <laughs> and are you, I, as a Chicagoan, I have to ask the question that you probably get asked a lot. Are you related to the great goalie, Tony Esposito? <laughs> Should I give you the truth or the answer I give everyone else? <laughs> I want the truth, my friend. <laughs> the truth is I am not related to the great goalie, but, uh, I tell most people yes and get into a conversation and then we have a little chuckle. <laughs> well, I'm so glad to have you. Thank you so much on a busy Saturday afternoon. So let me just start by asking you, um, well, let me, let me give you this kind of scenario that back um, about six months ago at the start of 2023, a lot of your colleagues were saying that we were going to head into a recession at the first, in the first half or first quarter of this year, that did not happen. We did not have a recession. It's been slow growth, but it's not been um, a retreat in the economy. And so um, why do you think so many economists had that wrong? And where do you think we are now? Yeah, I'm not really sure why. I think as we head into the the economic policies of the new, the new administration, 
and the way the market felt at that point, um, we seem to be headed towards recession. Uh, rates were on the rise, which you know looked like it was going to tighten up as far as liquidity, as far as um, uh, growth in the economy, and the market was definitely foreshadowing or discounting a recession. So we've kind of drug along and been able to avoid it thus far. I'm not sure exactly what uh, we hold as far as the future, but I do know that if you look at the jobs numbers from this week, the non-farm payrolls, which were a major data point for traders, for the markets, um, the underlying strength there, what we're actually showing is not as strong as, as the headlines would read. Um, the numbers are lower. I think that we're looking at job growth in the, in the country. Uh, our number came in at 209, just to dig into that number and kind of break out what I mean. And the number came in at 209, prior was 339, and 70% of those jobs were government or serviceable yes. paying. Right. So we look at it at an economy that this is kind of what I think the economists are looking at. So you have rising rates, you have liquidity tightening, you have underperforming loans starting to accelerate. And then you have job growth that is really government and low paying. We don't have those high paying services jobs. We don't have those mining and construction jobs. Manufacturing jobs accounted for about three percent of this number this week. Like this is not the world's greatest economy. This is not growth. This is us very stagnant and kind of on the hinge or the fringe of a recession. So you're you're with the seventy percent of Americans who think the economy is headed in the wrong direction. I absolutely am. I absolutely am. I do. You know, my my forte and what I focus on each day at Scotia Bank is I'm on the equities trading desk. I manage risk for the banks. I also manage. Um, uh, Account, um, client accounts. And yep. not only do I think we're on the verge of a recession or we will see a recession, I do think that the rally we've seen off of the October lows in the U.S. equity markets are overextended and due for a real retracement and pullback. And I wouldn't be surprised if we retested those lows or actually broke lower. So, Anthony, let me play the devil's advocate here. Uh, I, I generally agree with what you're saying, but I, I know what the other side says. So I, I want to uh, repeat what they say and get your reaction. Now, for example, one, one of the things that's strong in the economy is that we, uh, we still have nine and a half million job openings and we have about five million people looking for jobs. So that's a pretty amazing statistic for people who are, you know, trying to find a job. I mean, the jobs are out there and, uh, you know, we do have, Biden says we have a record, record low unemployment rate, which is true. Um, and the other thing that he's saying that's puzzling to me, because you just contradicted what he said, is he said that manufacturing is really strong right now. But can you kind of go through those various uh, points that I just made? Yeah, for sure. I think manufacturing in the company in the country is not strong. We're seeing the slowest amount of job growth in those sectors. I think that President Biden gives his speech and his Bidenomics presentation with the backdrop of a manufacturing company, the backdrop of a rail station, something that looks like a strong industrial we're moving forward as a country when the bottom line is those jobs are not available, those jobs, there is no growth there. Um, I think that the way we are set up currently, the way the economy is set up currently, specifically is with the new administration and coming out of COVID, um, we're set up for these lower paying jobs that cannot drive an economy forward. When you start right. to see and I may be off on a little tangent here, but when you start to see an administration uh, from the federal level down to the state level try and get minimum wages up towards $20 an hour, right. minimum wage jobs were never meant to run families and to drive the economy. Right. They're very necessary. And I have the utmost respect for the people that work those jobs. I spent a lot of time working those jobs myself and building yeah. along and, and growing as a professional. And But the bottom line is we are pushing people into those jobs and away from the jobs that will actually keep us as a world leader. And that's really concerning. Um, yeah. You know, when I, my first job back in, I think this was around 1978, was working in a warehouse stocking orders and I was making $2.15 an hour back then. But, uh, you know, those starter jobs, by the way, are critical to people learning skills and learning how to do things on the job. And, and I don't, I definitely don't want to see those jobs placed out of the market, but, the Wall Street Journal had a piece this week, Anthony, which I think around Monday or Wednesday saying, you know, we've got a factory boom going on in this country. 
I don't see it. I, I honestly don't see it in the numbers. Um, I don't see it in with the job cuts that we see as we look through the reports that aren't highlighted in the headlines as far as job cuts, uh, specifically not manufacturing, but to talk about the tech sector and the job okay. cuts that we've seen over the past few months. I'm just not seeing that boon in manufacturing in the country on the numbers. So uh, you do see a recession coming before the end of the year? I do. I, do. Um, I think, as I said, the, the market is a, is a great tool um, as far as discounting where we see the economy coming. Um, I think that we have overextended. I look at the technicals day over day. Um, I put my charts out each day at CMT underscore Anthony on Twitter. And it's kind of a rolling story of where we stand. And as far as the market, just two points to make as far as the market, we are yeah. double topping now at current levels. And we're seeing some real weakness in the market start to develop and some real strength and volatility starting to develop, which is a very bad situation for the stock market. That will roll over into um, consumer confidence and household spending and what the economy, the underlying economy is doing. You also look at so, um, things like – go ahead, sorry. So I was just going to say that uh, I just want to uh, let our listeners know that uh, – we're talking to Anthony Esposito, who is one of the top economists on Wall Street. He is a director of U.S. equities at Scotia Bank. And I wanted to ask you, Anthony, if, if you're right, and I think you may well be that the economy really does seem going down and it never really got, gained much momentum under Biden in the first two and a half years. If you were um, advising uh, Kevin McCarthy or advising Joe Biden or Donald Trump or any of these major politicians who are making these economic decisions, what would you advise them to do? What do we do to get this economy moving faster? Because we have, we've been in the slump now for three years. I think the, the first answer, and I'm kind of chuckling because it seems like such a, it's such a, a very plain answer is can we please re rejuvenate our energy production in this country? Yes. Yes. The energy, the, the fact that we went from an, a net exporter of energy, energy independent, and pulled that back, completely yeah. retarded our economy, our economic growth. It, it excelled inflation in this country to a, a point that most people don't realize because it's not a talking point in mainstream media. So if there was one thing I would say is yeah. that we need to become energy independent once again, as we were under the former administration, that yeah. would be a phenomenal first step. By the way, Anthony, we, we estimated the Committee to Unleash Prosperity if we had just stuck with Trump energy policies and not had this declaration of war against American energy, we'd be producing about 3 million more barrels a day of oil. That is a huge step in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What else? What else? Um, well, I do. I have looked this week in depth on uh, at U.S. household savings. It's been a talking point of the administration that there's a lot of quote unquote COVID cash left, and yeah. that's what's going to drive the consumer, and that's what's going to drive our economy. Um, but if you look at the average household savings. Over the past, uh, well, 2010 to 2019, that median is about $12 trillion. The yeah. 2020 rate, so just visualize, went to $37 trillion. Everybody's home, right? No one's paying for commuting. Those expenses dropped. People were getting checks from the government. $37 trillion, 21 drops to $26 trillion, 22 yeah. drops to $7 trillion. Year to date this year, $4 trillion. So that I'm sorry, that, that you're talking about the savings? I'm talking about U.S. household annual savings. That's pretty. So we're we're really low <laughs> right now. We we are so essentially what I'm saying is we are on the decline as far as housing. Consumer credit is on the incline, right? So we're actually right now three trillion dollars higher in consumer credit than we were in 2019. So this wow. so I think this idea of where the consumer sits. And is the consumer in a position to be strong and drive this economy higher? I think that's very misleading when you look at the real numbers. What about uh, on tax policy? You know that uh, I work with Larry Kudlow and Steve Forbes and Art Laffer, and, and obviously we're supply-siders. We want tax rates cut. Biden wants, in his budget, he proposes taxes that are so steep that the tax on investment 
Anthony, you know, when you look at, he wants to tax unrealized capital gains. He wants to double the capital gains tax. He wants to raise the income tax rate back up to where it was before Trump came into the presidency. Those would have a very negative effect on the market, would they not? They would absolutely have a very negative effect. The first first of which would be people would step back from making investments, right? If, if it was going to become that complicated and you were going to be paying taxes on unrealized gains, you're, you're now adding a layer of complexity and expense. That kind of takes players out of the market or at least takes a portion of their capital out of the market. Um, I think wow. at any point in time, it would be very hard to argue that when you tax something, you get less of it. And I think by ta- by talking about this Bidenomics and the growth of the economy and at the same time talking about raising taxes on whether you're talking about the top 1 percent or across the board, if you raise taxes, you make this more expensive and harder for people to get month to month, which a majority of the country live month to month, check to check, or you make it harder for, for the larger investors to make their investments and, and drive, really drive the engine of growth. That's where our growth will come top down. You're going to slow this economy down. I don't I don't know how that's not blatantly obvious. Well, Anthony, I uh, appreciate you taking time uh, on, a, on a Saturday afternoon to educate us. I'd love you to come back. That's Anthony Esposito, uh, he, who is really, truly one of the top economic minds in the country. Appreciate you joining us. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will take your calls at 1-800-848-9222. This is The More Money Show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Folks, this is the More Money Show. I'm economist Steve Moore, and we will now take your calls, uh, which is the favorite part of my uh, hour with you. So, Mr. Producer, who is our first caller, please? We're going to go to Tony in Clifton. Tony, thanks for calling. We we're going to try to squeeze in a lot of calls. So, very quickly, what do you got for us? I was just going to tell you quickly. I put it in a little. I put in a little poem when I was listening to you guys. In 2021, Joe Biden uh, hit the White House with his son. He came as a man with a plan to destroy America any which way he can. The change came quick. He took to his desk quite slick, reversing the prosperity and safety of President Trump. His open borders and Bidenomics put America into a major historic slump. Okay, Tony, great, great, great call. Look, I got to get to a bunch of other people. So thank you. I, I agree. I think the economy would be flying high today if we had stuck with Donald Trump's policies. I know a lot of people may not like Donald Trump's behavior or some of his antics or some of the things that he says, but you got to admit when it came to the economy, boy, did he do an amazing job. Okay, Mr. Producer, who is next? From St. James. Go ahead. Hello, Steve. Do you Hi. remember Senator Proxmire? I do. <laughs> he had the Golden Fleece Award. Yes. You think it's time to reinstitute it? Yes. 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 I think it's a great idea. I think Why don't it's a you wonderful... do it every week? Okay. You know what? Fantastic idea. That's why I take your callers, folks. You always have a great ideas. For, the, for uh, people who don't know what we're talking about, there was a Democratic senator from Wisconsin who was in the Senate for, I think, 25 years. I know he retired, I think, in the late 80s, early 90s. But he had something called the Golden Fleece Award, which was pointing out every week the most wasteful thing in Washington. And it got all sorts of publicity on 60 Minutes. We need to do that again. Great, great call. And I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to try to point out each week to you folks. The, by the way, that's going to be very difficult to point out the most wasteful thing since we have hundreds of billions of dollars of waste. But I'll do this the best I can. Uh, 1-800-848-9222 is our phone number. We got time for maybe two more if we can squeeze them in, Mr. Producer. Bob, thanks for calling. What do you got? Steve. Help manufacturing yep. get, 
rid of the foreign tax credit. What's that? What What is that? That means yeah. income <laughs> earned overseas when it comes right. back, the shareholders get a tax credit. So if you get but, rid of the foreign tax credit, all these closely held companies that moved to Mexico, China, mm-hmm. and everywhere else, they make money there. And then you know what I I think it's an interesting idea, and I will say that thanks for calling. I think that the main thing we need to do is to lower our tax rates here. You know, the corporate tax rate is just a tax rate on domestic production. So when Biden says, "Oh, let's raise the uh, tax on American corporations," that only benefits corporations in China and Japan and uh, India and Mexico and other countries. We should lower the tax on things that are produced. Made in America. That's my position. Okay, Mr. Producer, who we got next? Richard, thanks for calling. Okay, we need better publicity. We need dramatic publicity that overrides, supersedes, and goes to the people directly. Now, there are a number of ways to do this. I'm going to share with you one way right now. Blimps. Blimps over neighborhoods, over the cities, <laughs> on the bellies of the blimps, electronic yep. bulletin boards, saying specifically and succinctly these ideas to the people, superseding every other media, because we are being <laughs> blacked out. We need to take right. blimps over the All cities. Right. I like it. I have not heard that one before. Great call. We should try that. We've got to get around the, the major media that is so uh, distorting yes. the news. I want to just thank you all for listening today. This is a great, great country. I think tough times may be ahead because we have caused so much problems with our economy, with this massive debt, with the tax increases, with the regulatory burden that is costing $10,000 per household now. It's a second tax that you pay on top of all the other direct taxes you pay. And I want to remind everyone, please go to the Committee to Unleash Prosperity website and sign up for the Committee to Unleash Prosperity hotline, which is absolutely free. Uh, It's put together by some of the best minds in Washington. Folks, have a great, great weekend, and we will be back same time next week on WABC Talk Radio. This is the More Money Show. jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.